0: Friends, we will consider a statement today that is not popular. Some will not affirm it, but it is a sobering reality. What is that statement? Well, stay tuned. It's coming up on today's broadcast of the International
1: Gospel Hour. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound for the promised land. Thank you to
0: our Jay Webb and greetings to all of you. It is so good to have you with us today for our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years we have been on the air. Can you believe that? 1934, beginning in the state of Arkansas, and even to today, wherever you may be listening to us, we are honored and thankful that you study along with us. We are under the oversight of the elders of the West Fayetteville, Tennessee Church of Christ at PO Box 118, Fayetteville, Tennessee 37334. We're grateful to hear from our listeners. Some indeed write us. Some may give us a call on our toll-free number at 855-444-6988 or 855-IGH-6988. Some send us a simple email at info, I-N-F-O, at internationalgospelhour.com. You'll hear more about that through our broadcast, but we love to hear from our listeners, and we appreciate your thoughts and what you send our way. We're also delighted to share with you, absolutely free, any information from our program. We have some that will request the study material that we offer throughout our broadcast. You can have an option of downloading our app on your smartphone or your Android, or to see a number of freebies that we offer at our website, internationalgospelhour.com. Thank you again for being with us today, and now let's begin with a verse from Galatians 4 and verse 16. The Apostle Paul said, Have I therefore become your enemy, because I tell you the truth. The Apostle Paul had dealt with a number of factors that were pulling away young Christians scattered throughout Galatia. The compassion of Paul was evident, although the content that he would bring forth was challenging, yet the words and teaching were for their good. Friends, there are times that truth does hurt, but it is still truth and truth is always good. When they were pricked in the heart, in Acts chapter 2, verses 36 and 37, Peter had the solution for the heart. When they were pricked in the heart that they had crucified the Christ and said, What shall we do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter had the answer. Repent, and be baptized every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Truth will free us. John 8 verse 32. Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth will free us and will keep one free. So, dear friends, when we talk about the truth and we bring forth matters of truth, it's honest, it's pure, and we know it's the best God will have for us. Now, today, kind friends, beloved listeners, I am presenting a statement that very well may hurt, it may disappoint, it may even anger one. But in light of Scripture, wherein the truth is, and the truth is the Scripture, This statement needs to be understood and accepted because of its eternal consequence. Here it is. Dear friends, not everybody is going to heaven. From the very outset, let's note a number of arguments against this truth. For example, there is the teaching of universalism, the idea that everyone will go to heaven eventually and regardless of their conduct on earth, good or bad. Well, friends, this is a false doctrine of man and not a faithful doctrine of God, as we shall see. How about this statement? I don't need to go to church to be saved. I've had many individuals share that to me. You probably feel that way. May I suggest this to you? In Acts 2 and verse 47, the Bible reminds us how the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You see, friends, the saved are in the church. So if someone says, I don't need to go to church to be saved, they're saying they can be saved outside the church. And friends, the Bible does not support that. Also, a little side note here. Sometimes we use the phrase, go to church, and we understand what is meant by that. To go into a symbol where the church is located. But you know, folks, we don't go to church for the church is the people that are saved. The church is comprised of people. Go to worship, go to assemble with the church. Well, that's a more accurate statement. Would you not agree? How about this one? Give me Jesus, but not the church. Dear friends, that can't work. Someone says, well, I've been doing it all my life. Well, kind friend, with all due respect, (laughs) you're doing it wrong. Give me Jesus but not the church. Well, you can't do that. Here's why. In Ephesians 1:22 and 23, the Bible says, how God had put all things under the feet of Christ and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. The head is attached to the body. In Colossians 1:18, he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So, dear friends, if someone says, give me Jesus, but not the church, they're saying, give me the head, but I want no part of the body. Dear friends, there is nothing that will survive when you separate the head from the body. So, give me Jesus, but not the church. That's not God's plan either. How about this one? Many people accuse Christians of being intolerant and exclusive. Well, dear friends, may we submit to you that Christians are tolerant as God is tolerant. It is amazing of those that plead for tolerance that they are not willing to be tolerant toward others who may disagree with them. Be tolerant for me, but I don't have to be tolerant for you is the message that comes forth. And friends, Christians are as exclusive and inclusive as God is exclusive and inclusive. All one can do is abide by the work of truth, the Holy Bible, that God has brought forth. So, dear friends, as far as tolerance, Christians are as tolerant as God is. And also, as far as being exclusive and inclusive, as God directs through His Word. Here's another one. When we die, we will all go to heaven, because this is hell on earth. I heard that statement made one time by a man I greatly respected, and I'll never forget a fellow nearby that was listening said, well, that's not the way my Bible reads. Dear friends, no matter how tough things get this day and age on this physical earth, it does not compare with what is prepared for the devil and his angels. 2 Thessalonians 1, through 7-9, and Matthew 25, 31-46. I submit to you that the Gnosticism taught from 1 John, or the Gnosticism that John refuted, is also a situation that someone says, everybody is going to heaven when that's not the case. But you know, John dealt with that in the first century. John said in 1 John, he dealt with The Gnosticism, or the teaching, that if you sinned, that's the evil physical part of your body. It has nothing to do with the spiritual part of your body. The spirit is good, the physical is bad. Well, friends, that sounds a lot like a once-saved-always-saved doctrine, which apparently has its roots in Gnosticism. The spirit's good, the flesh is bad. When you sin, it is the flesh and not the spirit. I had an individual engaging in alcohol tell me that if Jesus came back, he'd go to heaven because... God knew that he loved him. Well, dear friends, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments, John fourteen fifteen. So, when I make the statement, not everybody is going to heaven, obviously, you see, I have a lot of opposition. Or shall we say, God has a lot of opposition. Someone may ask, how can you say, not everybody is going to heaven? Well, dear friends, it's not what I say. It's what the Scripture says. And let's see what God has to say on that matter. Before we continue in this discussion, I want to pause and hear a few words from our good friend and brother, J. Webb.
1: Our website is internationalgospelhour.com. That's internationalgospelhour.com. Please check it out and listen to our other broadcasts. Learn more of our history. Download our app, Request our newsletter and ask for our free Bible study by mail. Also, check out our free resources available from our fellow laborers in the gospel. Yes, friends, all for you through our website at InternationalGospelHour.com. Okay then, let's continue today's study. How can it be
0: said that not everybody is going to heaven? Number one, the teaching of the Lord says so. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ in Luke 13:22 or rather Luke 13:23 and 24. Then one said to him, "Lord, are there few who are saved?" And he said to them, "Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able." Those are the words of Jesus. What about the parallel in Matthew 7:13 and 14, "Enter by the narrow gate"? For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. When we think about the parable of the sower and the seed in Luke 8, 5-15, and Jesus' explanation in the parallel of the parable in verses 11-15, through shall I say, dear friends, when you look, only 25% of those... We're saved. Now, friends, we could stop here and it would be sufficient and our broadcast would conclude. But might we press onward? Second, how can it be said that not everybody is going to heaven? Well, not only because the teaching of the Lord says so, but the return of the Lord says so. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-9, as we noted earlier, in flaming fire he takes vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even Peter in 1 Peter four seventeen and 18 said, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Now, dear friends, in this we should rise up and pay attention. For Peter mentions that the righteous would scarcely be saved. That is alarming. So, right here, folks, we're seeing not everybody is going to heaven. The teaching of the Lord says so. His return says so. Let's look at a third one. How can it be said that not everybody is going to heaven? Well, the judgment of the Lord says so. In Matthew 25, the entire chapter deals with being prepared. The teaching of the virgins, the five wise, the five foolish. The men, the servants given the talents, one five talents, one two, and one received one talent. How the separating of the sheep from the goats. Dear friends, when you look throughout that chapter, those that are unprepared are not going to heaven. We learn that from the foolish virgins that tarried, that waited until the last minute, and then it was too late for them to do what they should have been doing. And the man of the talents, well, the five-talent man developed his. He was working until his master returned. And then the two-talent man working until his master returned. The one talent man, he just went and hid his, went on and did his way. Then when the master came back, he said, here it is. I'm giving back to you what you gave to me. Didn't lose anything. (laughs) Ha ha, but you didn't gain anything. And in overall, you did lose. Well, in verse 46, the summary is this from Matthew 25. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal... Dear friends, the entire chapter of Matthew 25 that deals with the judgment of the Lord and the end of the times, how can it be said that not everybody is going to heaven? Well, the judgment of the Lord says so. Okay, friends, let's review for just a second. The teaching of the Lord, the return of the Lord, the judgment of the Lord says not everybody is going to heaven. Dear friends, may I give you a fourth one? How can it be said that not everybody is going to heaven? Well, the forgiveness of the Lord says so. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, the latter part of verse 3 into verse 4, God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants everybody to go to heaven, but not everybody will. It's not because of God's choice, it's because of our choice. And things that have deceived us that we talked about as we began our broadcast. In Second Peter three nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay, friends, what about those that fail to come to repentance? What about those in Acts chapter 2 when they were pricked in their heart and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And when Peter told them what they should do, what if they refused to do it? Well, dear friends, they would not be saved. You see, not everybody is going to heaven. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, pause and think with me, friends. Does the beauty of forgiveness remain as strong today? A- and why would we need forgiveness if everybody is going to heaven? Dear friends, let's think on these things. Now, have we prompted you to think, you know, oh, wait, wait a minute now, uh, Brother Jeff. I-, I, Whoa, wait a minute. This... I've got to look at this a little bit more. Well, dear friends, we hope this will move you to study, to look at the Word of God. I want to pause here. It's just appropriate at this point. I'd like for our j Webb to return, and he has our free Bible study course that's available by mail. It seems like daily we fulfill this request for this study. It's free, doesn't cost a thing. We'd love for you to give it a try and let's begin there. So I'm going to pause and hear a message from our J. Webb.
1: Friends, the International Gospel Hour offers for free a Bible study course available by mail. That's right. At your own pace, you can study the Bible in your own home. It's free. Give it a try. Please call toll free at 1 855 IGH 6988. And leave your name, address, and just say Home Study. That's it. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things that be of God. How
0: can it be said that not everybody is going to heaven? Dear friends, the grace of the Lord says so. Listen to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Paul is writing to the Christians at Ephesus, and he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, the grace of God will save an individual through faith. Listen to Titus in Titus 2:11 through 14 For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own people zealous for good works. The grace of God, friends, teaches us to deny and to live and to look and to live a faithful life for God. Well, what if a person fails to deny ungodliness and worldly lust? They're not living right. They're not looking for the return of the Lord. Not everybody is going to heaven, friends. Now, so far, the teaching of the Lord says so, the return of the Lord, the judgment of the Lord, the forgiveness of the Lord, the grace of the Lord. Number six. How can it be said that not everybody is going to heaven? Well, friends, the salvation of the Lord says so. For example... What if a person fails to believe in God? Will they be saved? Hebrews 11:6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, when you break that verse down, where there is no faith, there is no pleasing God. Where there is no faith, there is no coming to God. When there is no faith, there is no seeking God. And when there is no seeking, there is no reward. Dear friends, we must believe in God and believe in His Word, and that's where it begins. Now, someone says, well, if a person believes in God, will they be saved? Well, dear friends, faith alone does not save. Remember, in James 2.19, the devils believe, and yet they tremble. And in John 12.42 and 43, there were those that believed on Him, but failed to confess Christ, lest they be cast out of the synagogue. Faith will move us toward obedience. Remember, when we come to God, we believe and those that diligently seek Him. When we seek through faith, we do note the command that Peter brought forth in Acts 2, verse 38 of repentance. Of what Jesus said in Luke 13, verse 5. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The word unless stands forth, if one fails to repent... One will not be saved. An individual that changes his decision is now changing his direction. In Romans 10, 10 10-13, we understand, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For, the Scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, dear friends, we note here from our faith that confession is made unto. It's not quite there as far as salvation goes. But confession is to be made because Jesus commanded confession of Him in Matthew ten thirty-two and 33. And in Matthew 16 and verse 16, as well as Acts 8 and verse 37, the declaration that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we make that confession in believing in Him that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Calling on the name of the Lord, if anybody were to understand this, it's the Apostle Paul. For back in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, this statement was preached by Peter on the day of Pentecost, that you are to call on the name of the Lord. And Paul taught this in Acts twenty two sixteen, and even as we see here in Romans ten thirteen, The answer of calling on the name of the Lord, dear friends, is baptism. Ha ah, ha! Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, when Peter preached calling on the name of the Lord in Acts 2, And they asked him in Acts 2 and verse 37, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. In Acts 22 and verse 16, when Paul told of his conversion, how he stated, Ananias looked at him and said, Saul, why do you tarry? Why do you wait? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Dear friends, there is a big difference in calling on and calling out. And when we see in Mark 16:16 16, 16, that he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, we tie in the parallel of Acts 2 and verse 38 and how they were added to the church daily such as should be saved, we understand that baptism is of necessity. And then, dear friends, in baptism, according to Romans 6, 3-6, we crucify the old man of sin, we put him to death, we leave him there, And we're raised to walk in a newness of life. That's when we come out of the waters of baptism. So, dear friends, how can it be said that not everybody is going to heaven? Well, unless we believe in Christ, repent of our sins, make a confession of faith, and we're baptized into Christ. Dear friends, we cannot go to heaven. The salvation of the Lord says so. Now, when you put all this together, how can it be said that not everybody is going to heaven? Well, the teaching of the Lord says so. The return of the Lord says so. The judgment of the Lord says so. The forgiveness of the Lord says so. The grace of the Lord says so. And the salvation of the Lord says so. All from the scripture. Pretty overwhelming. Dear friends, nobody wants to miss heaven. We'd love to send you the free Bible study course available by mail. If you missed that, please call us at 1-855-444-6988. Leave us your name, address, and just say home study. That's all you have to do. If you want to go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the contact tab, and we will help you there, and you can leave that message. Real quick, a few words from our J-Web, and I'll come back and wrap up the broadcast.
1: Have you downloaded the International Gospel Hour app for your iPhone or Android? Go to the App Store for iPhones and Google Play for your Android, search International Gospel Hour, and download our app free. Our app allows access to our website, social media, podcast, our YouTube channel, and other resources. Please download the International Gospel Hour app today. It's free.
0: And with that being said, dear friends, we'll continue our studies together another time. Thank you for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie and friends, keep listening.
1: Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. To God goes all the glory. And we hope that our study today will draw you closer to His Word to walk in His way.